Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Aaron Zuber, and this is one episode in a series of three podcasts and related ebooks providing insights from industry leaders designed to inspire you to lead boldly in your organizations. I actually started to pen some thoughts around uh, what we're going to cover shortly before the outbreak of COVID. And my hope was to share some insights and perhaps encourage leaders to recognize the tremendous amount of collective potential yet to be achieved within the workforce and all around us. And I felt that we all had amazing opportunities to influence change and introduce a positive impact in the world. And when we, we went uh, into 2020, I, I knew that that year was gonna usher in a massive uh, amount of acceleration, but I had no, no idea of the precipice that we were all standing on. And as the pandemic grew in severity, I found myself tabling my thoughts. And as many of you did, I'm sure drew my focus to try and stabilize the situation and my surroundings as much as possible. So things like side projects, musings, uh, you know, the right, this writing itself and, and putting my thoughts around these subjects took second place to, you know, family, friends and, and coworkers and, and the things that we had in front of us. So now as we reflect back on the year that was 2020 and, and find ourselves rapidly uh, in, in a rapidly unfolding 2021, I feel these these thoughts and subjects are even more relevant today than they were a year ago. So um, as you listen um, and as you uh, maybe check out the, uh, the blog postings, I hope that these stories and experience inspire you to reframe your perceptions, um, how you see the world, not as it is today, but how as it should be tomorrow. Today, I'm joined by Vishak Asant. She is the global head of healthcare providers for ServiceNow. She spent an, a number of years um, in the industry. So she spent some time at Baylor Scott and White. And most recently, before she came over to ServiceNow at Kaiser Permanente, actually over 10 years there, where uh, her last role was managing director of consumer digital strategy. And in this conversation, we discuss the costs, which are both tangible or, or fiscal and intangible, which are really cultural precedents and two different approaches. So on one side, you have do nothing. And then the other side, you have technical debt. And in the unprecedented times um, that we're in, Vishaka and I discussed that how more often than not, the cost of doing nothing for fear of overinvesting is actually more costly in a number of, of ways than over-engineering. So thank you, Vishaka, for joining me. Thanks for having me, Aaron, and uh, setting up these series. Yeah, it's um, it's a crazy, crazy world that we that we experienced last uh, last year, and and I feel like one of the things that was near and dear to my heart, and why I asked you to join us today, was was this idea of technical debt. So the fear of over rotating and how costly that can be to organizations. But then you have the antithesis of that, which is we're not going to do anything. We're going to let sleeping dogs lie, and it kind of reminds me of the, you know, the, the phrase I'm sure we're all familiar with, hey, we've always done it that way. And it, it kind of reminds me of a story um, that, that we have in the writing about, you know, a young couple preparing that, that roast and prep, prepping the dish by slicing off the end of the bone before placing it in the pan. And, and uh, the question dawned on them, hey, if the bone adds flavor, why are we cutting it off? And neither one of them knew it. So they tracked the recipe down through their you know, their, their mom or their dad, and, and they kept going all the way up to their grandparents. And the and grandmother, as the story goes, laughs and says, I can't believe you're still doing that. In the early years, your grandfather and I had a ridiculously small roasting pan, and we had to chop the bone off to make it fit. So here's this recipe that survived all these years. Um, and, and that one element had, had nothing to do with the actual preparation, other than the fact that their grandparents had a very, very small pan way back in the day. So 
I, I was, you know, as I read this and I was thinking, you know, how many times have we found ourselves, you know, witness to practices, technology, and even thought processes that served a purpose maybe once upon a time, but maybe they're not, maybe they're not relevant. And I was trying to think about, you know, experiences that I had. And I, I used to help um, with resiliency strategies for um, healthcare systems. And, and I remember presenting um, failover capabilities to one of the, the clinicians that, that led a, a specific department in this organization. And I presented the solution to him and, and he said, you know, we appreciate your recommendations, but it's going to cost a lot of money. And we took care of patients before computers and we can do the same today. Now, this was years ago, just to be fair, but you think of how far that's come just in the last six or seven years. And Vishaka, I know you've had similar experiences and, and I, I didn't know if you had any thoughts around the whole, you know, let sleeping dogs lie. We've all, already, you know, we've always done it that way type of thinking in your own experience. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's interesting that this whole concept of technical debt versus doing nothing. And um, what comes to mind is just juxtapositioning the two and this notion of like, we all remember Blockbuster, right? Uh, Video giant peaked at 2004 um, and we still remember their, their uh, icon and, and their brand. Um, you know, it's interesting that they didn't move towards a digital model and they were actually approached by Netflix um, as, you know, hey, Blockbuster buy us, we have this model of delivering, you know, DVDs or CDs and, and taking it into the home and Blockbuster turned them down. Um, and we all know now Netflix is like a 200 million subscriber worldwide with a revenue of $25 billion um, annually. And so when you compare that of doing nothing to, and I'm gonna take it back to a healthcare um, uh, use case now, uh, you know, you might've heard of Haven, right? Haven was a healthcare um, organization, joint venture formed by Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway and JP Morgan Chase. Um, they had a goal of lowering costs, improving healthcare outcomes and uh, they were, you know, founded in 2018. They were after the the 3.5 trillion dollar annual cost of healthcare in American healthcare. Um, they disbanded after three years um, because they they realized it's a complicated system, and there's doctors, insurers, you know, there's drug makers and lobbyists, um, and and it's difficult. Well, after that dis after they disbanded, you know, now Amazon Care last week has announced that, you know, they're going, they're going virtual. They're developing a program focused around, you know, providing patients with virtual primary care, um, sending care into the home, and they are test vetting that with their own employee base. And it's literally uh, making healthcare more pervasive and accessible. And what they did was they took that notion of perhaps a tech debt that Haven had produced and actually leverage that to make it a technical wealth for themselves, right? And we don't know where it's headed because it's so new, but we all know where Amazon was and where they are at now. And if you apply that same type of mentality and opportunity in healthcare, you know, it's, it's limitless for them. I think that's such a powerful example when you hit the nail on the head or where I was, I was hoping you were going to go with this because you it's, it's a mentality, right? It's, it's, it's not this, you know, fear-based decision-making where we're, we're afraid that something is going to happen or not happen for us, but it's this, 
it's this pervasive thought process. And I think if you, if you approach it the right way, it can actually re really be beneficial. And um, one of the, um, the studies, they said since 2010, corporations and governments worldwide have spent an estimated 35 trillion on IT products and services. And they, they go on to say that of this amount, three quarters went towards operating systems and, and maintaining existing IT systems. So a large portion is just kind of keeping the lights on. So we're just, you know, just trying to keep things as they are. And 2.5 of that went actually then to replace legacy IT systems. So, you know, seven, 720 billion failed uh, to re during replacement efforts. But I, I think, I think the, the main idea here is that this idea of maintaining things as they are is, is very, very costly. Um, Over-rotating can be costly as well. But I think the, the cost of do nothing, and I guess if we had to get right to the point of, of our discussion here is that there is, and you put it um, very eloquently with juxtaposition between the two of them, there's a cost on both sides. And I would argue that doing nothing, especially in a rapidly changing world that we live in, um, especially when you know, there's a massive switch change to digital, um, doing nothing, this is, this is not the time to do nothing. This is the time to, um, to take uh, a well thought out um, and, and execute on a well thought out vision. And um, it, it kind of gets us into this next piece. And I really wanted to get your thoughts on this because I feel like it, it kind of, you can kind of divide it into three critical pieces when you're trying to make these decisions. One is, is aptitude, the other desire, and the, and the third one is, is opportunity. So aptitude would be, you know, what skill sets do I have? What capabilities do I have as an individual, as an organization? The desire is obviously, you know, my, my thought process, process behind why do I want to do what I want to do? What, what is the best thing for me in the marketplace? The best thing for me as an individual, the best thing for me as an organization, whatever the application is there. Um, and then opportunity is really what are, the, what are the conditions that surround me that make me think that this might or might not be the right thing to do. So when you have the, this convergence of all three of those, um, I think that really sets you up for the best decision. And, and what I'm hoping is that when folks are listening to this, they say, you know, this is the time to move. This is not the time to sit back and wait, but it's the time to take a chance and to, and to really um, examine that those, those next steps forward that maybe I've been pressing the pause button on. So I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that because I know you have some personal experience with, you know, taking those next steps and those three elements as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think the way that you categorized it is very fitting and just a, a simple kind of framework. You know, I think as I related back to healthcare providers and, uh, you know, I, I want to touch on this last part first, the opportunity, right? In some instances, while the pandemic has been debilitating, it's also been a very large opportunity for digital to be embraced in the healthcare community, both from the provider and the patient perspective. And a lot of it is going to be here to stay. It's just really, you know, how are we going to leverage it in the future? Um, and so as in terms of a use case, right? So uh, we've had healthcare organizations that have been flooded with an influx of calls all throughout last year, as testing was becoming more available and now as vaccines are becoming more available. Um, so what you're seeing is, you know, staff that's burned out, there's shortages, but yet there's a huge demand for information and the ability and availability um, to, to be vaccinated. 
And what these provider institutions have done is they've had the aptitude to be able to leverage things like quickly putting in place chatbots or you know, nurse triage systems or some sort of technology, which they know is not necessarily a part of their strategic plan, but they've had to leverage it to offset some of the challenges that are being placed and the burden that's being placed on their workforce. And so I think the desire is that you know, they want to go more digital. I think there was an impetus to move them in that direction and that there will continuously be a digital strategy that is going to be spawned off of some of this technical debt that was almost forced upon provider organizations. Um, but yet it, there's a huge value and learning that is being taken from it that's going to now help them stay more digital as healthcare becomes more you know, at home, outside of the four walls, you're going to see a lot of pervasiveness into, you know, different markets. And in order to stay competitive, they've had to have some of the tech debt in order to actually um, come over to the other side and benefit from it. Do you feel like you, you made a really good point around the opportunity, just obviously with, with uh, the, the market conditions and the, the world that we lived in, you know, starting with, with uh, you know, 2020 with COVID, do you feel like that was a, a needed catalyst? Do you feel like that there was, you know, thoughts heading in that those directions that just failed to take off because the conditions weren't right? I mean, did you like, is this the, the world we're living in now, I guess, is this an inevitability? Um, yeah, I mean, I think honestly, Aaron, it's a perfect storm. You know, I think uh, regulations have caused some people through meaningful use and, you know, clinical quality indicators um, to be more embraceive of digital, but then it's a very big behavior change, both on the patient standpoint and also on the clinician standpoint, they're already having to do lots of documentation, you know, they don't need another device or another phone. And so there's always been a little bit of this, uh, you know, it's okay, we're fine the way things are, we know things need to change, but it's just going to be slow and gradual. I think some of the topics that, you know, we're touching on now is that things are becoming more personalized, right? Things are becoming more convenient and it's truly becoming more patient centered. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how, what value do you really place on technical debt versus doing nothing and becoming a blockbuster? Or do you want to spin off and actually have new revenue models as payers are now beginning to incentivize telehealth and more digital technologies? you know, what side of the fence are you going to be on? I, I think that that's a really important question for organizations to think about is the cost of investing in technology. And even if there's a little bit of technical deficit, not necessarily technical debt, there's mm -hmm. this whole notion of what value do you place on it? Mm -hmm. So how well are you setting yourself up for those, those changes that, that you need to make in the future? Absolutely. You know, what, what business proposition and value and, and uh, return on investment analysis are you doing in order to actually make an informed decision? Because at the end of the day, you know, even with the, the notion of, you know, uh, aptitude, desire and opportunity, it comes back to, you know, decision and value based on that decision. Vashak, I just want to thank you so much for joining me this afternoon and talking through technical debt versus do nothing. Um, I enjoyed your insights. I hope everybody else um, did as well. Any closing thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, Aaron, A, I want to thank you for for having that mindset to actually bring this forward and and really, you know, motivating yourself and and actually doing this series. Um, and I just want to say that, you know, for any organization that's out there where you're you're at the precipice of making a decision whether to move forward or not, moving forward sometimes is is a good way, even if you end up, you know. Uh, not necessarily leveraging the technology the way that you want, the learning and the behavior and the mindset change that you experience through actually going through something rather than not. I think that that whole notion is, is such a great stage for innovation, right? And there's a very thin line between being innovators and being failures. And I think that if you do nothing, you don't have a chance to even tread that line. So I really thank you for your uh, having me and and encourage more of what you're doing here, Aaron. Um, thanks for being a leader in the organization as well. Awesome. Thanks, Rishaka. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. That's all we have for today's show. I hope this time provided you with a few ideas that will inspire action in your own organization and help you continue to move forward in your leadership journey. Make sure you check out the eBooks and other podcasts in the series as well as the additional collateral in the details section of this recording. Please don't forget to share your thoughts and feedback and pass along to your own networks. Thanks for your time. And as always, keep moving forward.